Hey friends, welcome to episode 8 of the Soul Care Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Cummings. If you were with me last week in episode 7, I related a story to you about my first encounter in the woods with a bear and the way that it impacted me physiologically, the way it changed my my breathing and my heart rate and um, my my dry mouth. Uh, and it also affected me mentally and that I was really on, on hyper alert at all times at that point. And it had saved my life, honestly. Um, at least it very likely did. I like to think that it saved my life. It turns out that we have really just one stress response. We might have different levels of that stress response, and it may sort of show up in our our bodies and our minds in different ways, but we really just have one stress response. Whether we're facing a bear in our campsite the way that I did all those years ago, or we're facing a, a budget that can't be balanced, or demands at work that simply can't be met. Uh, whatever the stressor is, we have one approach to dealing with it, and it's the system that we often call fight or flight. Now, realistically, it should also be called fight, flight, or freeze because there really is a third option. Maybe you've experienced that where you've been hit so hard with stress and you've activated this whole response, and rather than getting ready to uh, fight and duke it out or getting ready to turn and run in one form or another, you just freeze up. In fact, if it's severe enough, that freeze response can cause us to faint. Uh, we've all seen that kind of uh, stereotyped in the movies. Someone gets shocked or, or uh, the stress becomes too much of something for them, and so they, they pass out. Uh, that doesn't happen very often, but the freezing really can. Uh, if you've ever felt like, I just don't know what to do, I can't think clearly, I can't make a move, I can't take the next step, that's also part of that fight, flight, or freeze response. So what we're going to talk about today is that fight, flight, or freeze response. Uh, But we're going to talk about it in terms of stress. Um, And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about my own story. Uh, Not related to bears this time, but sort of metaphorical bears, really. Uh, Several years ago, uh, I had been working as a college professor for about a decade at that point. And I'd, I'd really been pushing hard. And I think every... Every year I told myself, next year's going to be better, next year's going to be better. Maybe you've done that before. Next next week's going to be better. Tomorrow's going to be better. And often that's just not the case. Often unless we make some significant changes, then our circumstances don't actually change. And so I had been pushing really, really hard for many, many years, uh, kind of keeping my nose to the grindstone and, and fighting through it, toughing it out, all the things that I'd been taught to do growing up. And uh, at, at one point, I just sort of snapped. I broke. Um, I, I was burnt out, and I had kind of a, a mental and emotional breakdown, but I didn't realize that's what was going on. Uh, honestly, it, it started as physical symptoms for me. Um, my, my gut was not working right. I'll leave that to your imagination to figure out exactly what that was all about. But um, I remember sitting in church and, and feeling uh, uncomfortable and uh, heading to the bathroom and taking care of that. And wondering, boy, what did I eat? And uh, a couple days later, a little bit worse. A couple days later, a little bit worse. About a week into it, I'm like, you know, maybe this isn't going to pass on its own. I'm going to have to go see a doctor. So 
I go in to visit the doctor, and they run their tests like they do, and uh, they find nothing. Uh, you know, I'm a microbiologist. There's something going on here. There's got to be something we can pick up. Let's run those tests a second time. Second time, nothing. Uh, all these these tests for gut microorganisms that shouldn't be there, the bad kind, just kept coming up negative. And uh, <laughs> I pushed hard. I was the, the, I was the patient they hated because I, I pulled the microbiologist card and said, hey, I, I want to see you do this a third time. I'm not convinced. And so they, they, uh, they did what I asked them to and, and ran the tests a third time. And they humored me. And uh, it wasn't very humorous because in the end I was healthy again. Everything looked fine. Well, just wait it out. So I give it another week. Things are a little bit worse, not better. And uh, so the doctor says, well, let, let's see some specialists. And really what they're doing at this point is trying to rule out the scariest possibilities. So they say, okay, well, a really scary possibility could be a, a tumor in the brain. So let's take a look at that. Let's make sure we can rule that out. But well, oncology ran a CAT scan and brain scans perfect everything's fine you're healthy dave well not feeling so healthy uh, who's next so they sent me from one specialist to another to another to another and it was always the same refrain of healthy 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 which you would think would be a great thing right when when a, a cancer doctor tells you hey you're perfectly healthy you should be celebrating and so part of me was celebrating but part of me said yeah but what's wrong what's going on I'm obviously I'm very sick and I'm getting sicker. I was getting weak. I couldn't keep food down. Uh, really tired. A lot of body aches. I had some some significant dizzy spells that would last for days at a time. Sometimes um, about a month, month and a half into this whole ordeal, I had to contact the university. This was over summer break. And I had a, a few weeks off, but I uh, wasn't getting any better. So I had to contact the university and say, Hey, look, I'm. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to teach this semester. I don't know what to do. And they said, all right, you know, you focus on figuring this out and getting healthy. We're going to get some adjuncts in to, to teach your classes for you. So I was really relieved. Um, that didn't, you know, make all my pain and discomfort and illness go away. But uh, the, the stress of wondering what's going to happen with my job at least was set aside for now. So that, that was just a huge blessing. I, I love working for a Christian organization. The people I work with are absolutely amazing. And I know not everybody has that kind of support through their careers, but I was able to do that. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. So visiting, you know, one, uh, one specialist after another and hearing you're healthy, Dave, you're healthy, Dave, had one guy kind of snark at me that, well, you know, you get the million dollar work up here, dude, we've, we've done every test imaginable and you're perfectly healthy. Like, yeah, well, obviously I'm not perfectly healthy, but we need to figure this out. And it was one specialist who had seen me at this point that for the second time and for the second time said, Dave, you look really healthy from my perspective within my specialty. Almost offhand said, I, I think you really ought to uh, check into the psych department and have them check you out and see if, if this is psychological in nature. He said, you know, I've seen these same physical signs and symptoms in people dealing with chronic stress. Oh, I'm thinking, dude, you're telling me it's on my head. You think I'm somehow making all this up in my imagination because I'm stressed out. Number one, I'm not stressed out. It's summertime. This is the least stress I'm ever going to have. And number two, I'm not making this up, right? You know, when you're nauseous and vomiting, that's, that's, I'm not faking that. I can't make myself do that. 
But, uh, you know, since then I can say I've, I've clearly learned that, uh, that our brains can do just remarkable things. Our brains can convince our bodies that they are physically ill as a way to prepare us for fight or flight or to just get our attention and say, hey, you can't keep doing this. You can't keep going the way that you're going um, because you're just not going to be. This isn't sustainable. You can't keep this up. So I, I followed his advice and I went to the psych department and it did not take them long to be able to diagnose me with uh, with generalized anxiety disorder and depression um, either due to chronic stress or at least aggravated by chronic stress and as I've unpacked this over the years and worked on it I think uh, there were some signs of anxiety before all this and there were some signs of depression through most of my life but this really brought everything to a head the the stress the intensity of so many years of working so hard, but then also not really coping well with uh, all of life's ups and downs. And there are lots of ups and downs that we all face. And I wasn't uh, taking good care of myself, to be honest. And so um, here I was, you know, in my mid-40s, and the doctor's telling me I've got to find a way to slow down. I've got to find a way to get this this uh, pace under control, and I've got to start dealing with stuff. I've got to start facing my my hurdles and my challenges. I've got to look back on the past and deal with some some deaths in the family that needed to be grieved that I was ignoring and uh, a variety of things like that. And we can unpack some of those in future episodes. But really what I want to share with you now is the, the idea that um, my stress and anxiety were really bubbling over in physical symptoms. And they were physical symptoms that no specialist was able to pinpoint until I got to the psych department. I really want to encourage you that if you're struggling physically with uh, what some people call fibromyalgia, for example, you know, just uh, unexplained body aches and pain that, that can be really debilitating, understand those are real. Even if someone tells you these are caused psychologically, that does not mean they're not real. They're very real, and you need to deal with the psychological sources and causes of these in order to bring some healing to the body. So things like fibromyalgia, things like uh, chronic fatigue or irritable bowel syndrome, of course, all of these, you don't want to self-diagnose. You want to have the pros look at you and rule out uh, any sort of a biomedical cause. But don't take it the wrong way. If the biomedical causes simply aren't there, it doesn't mean these things are in your imagination or the doctors are incompetent. It may well mean that psychologically you've got some junk in your trunk that you got to work on, you've got to deal with, you've got to face chronic stress is like facing a bear again and again and again and again day in and day out you wake up in the morning and he's sitting there staring at you and you go out into the kitchen to make your coffee and he's creeping around the corner and you get in your car and he's in the trunk and you get to the office and he's there when i faced that bear in the forest uh, my my mind and body did what they were supposed to do in a brief burst of just a couple of minutes. And then it took hours to reset and get back down to normal alertness levels again. Um, but if that bear had come back 20 minutes later, I'd have been right back onto high alert again. And if he came back and again and again, and he came back the next night into my campsite and somehow followed me home or he brought buddies with him so it wasn't just one bear... You get where I'm going with this metaphor, right? Sometimes we allow the bears to be loose and present in our lives far too often, far too frequently, and we don't get a chance to reset 
our stress response back down to normal healthy levels again. And that kind of chronic stress can really take its toll on our minds and on our bodies. And that's that's what I was experiencing was the effects of this chronic stress kind of breaking me down physically. Uh, I think of it as God's way of getting my attention and saying, Dave, you can't keep this up. You've got to face these things and start dealing with them. And so how did I deal with them? Well, uh, medication was part of the story, and we can talk about that in another episode, but also uh, talk therapy, seeing a therapist and talking through things and um, discovering things about myself that I never knew. And I'm still discovering things several years later that I never knew, uh, but it definitely set me on this road of self-awareness that I was not on. I, it does not come naturally to me to be self-aware and paying attention to what's going on in my mind and my body. I'm getting much better now, but I've got a long way to go. But it set me on this track of of becoming more self-aware, learning more about my own personal issues, but also issues more broadly, sharing my story like I'm doing with you right now, um, and uh, just growing, really, really letting the Lord grow me. Um, and, and it wasn't until I finally acknowledged that I had these problems that he was able to get in there and start slowly but surely um, cleaning away uh, some of the mess that I'd allowed to build up in there. So that's my story of crashing. Am I now free and clear of stress and anxiety? No, uh, I still deal with it, but I'm so much more aware of it. I've also got better coping skills, which I had literally none before. And, uh, and I'm learning how to build resilience, you know, sort of protective coping skills, not coping skills for in the moment, though I need those, but skills that'll build my tolerance and my threshold for stressors because you're just never going to get rid of all the stressors in your life. They're going to come. Some are within your control and you can change those situations, but many are completely out of your control and you can't change those. Life is stressful. Jesus promised us that, that it is it is going to be full of trials and that God can absolutely use those trials to shape you, to change you, and to make you a stronger and better person. The key, I think, is being willing, humbly, to accept the fact that you just can't do it on your own, that you're going to need some intervention, some professional intervention, maybe, like I did. Um, but whether you need professional intervention or not, you at the very least need some friend intervention. Uh, you need friends that you can rely on and count on, people that can bear the burden of your journey and your story and your struggles, people that will give you good advice, uh, not folks that will just sort of magnify the drama in your life or um, tell you what you, you think you want to hear, but people that are going to really be there to honestly uh, point you in the right direction and support you through your journey. My diagnosis did not come because I was searching on the internet. My diagnosis did not come because I'm a trained microbiologist or uh, because I read just the right book. My diagnosis came and ultimately the, the treatment plan moving forward uh, came because I was willing to let the the professionals peek in on my situation and I was willing to trust them as they began speaking into my life and making recommendations. It's been a remarkable journey. It's been a difficult journey, but I want to encourage you that whatever your journey looks like, there is definitely hope. There is a, a light at the end of this tunnel. It does not have to be as dark and gloomy and difficult as maybe you're feeling right now or someone you love is feeling right now. There's every reason to be hopeful and I am living proof of that. So uh, 
thank you for joining me today. Uh, I, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me through my email, david at davidedwardcummings.com. You can follow me on Facebook or on Instagram. You can get more information and learn more about this ministry on my website, www.davidedwardcummings.com. While you're there, I'd love for you to subscribe and, and hear from me uh, with very brief bits of, of encouragement on a weekly basis. But I'm really glad that you're listening. I'm really glad that you're taking this first step to think about what your own struggles are and and maybe figure what, out what that next step needs to be for you. You don't need to live with a bear on the loose in your life. And those bears don't always have to be there. But to chase them off and to keep them out, you're very likely going to need a little bit of help outside yourself. And it takes some humility to do that. And I just want to encourage you uh, to take those steps and to seek out that help. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here. I know you can do this. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you next time.